0: you're kind of a famous guy now are you like is this how that looks at your house (laughs) what do you mean i don't know like you you made a movie now since the last time we talked to everybody and i did and is this how you get through your day as a big famous director now what just screaming about scrolling screaming yeah
1: absolutely i do oh the only things (laughs) that changed is i've gotten more frustrated (laughs) on a daily basis Do not worry. But welcome to season four, Tom. Oh my gosh, we're already on. Welcome to season four, Pete. This is exciting. Yeah, what
0: took us so long? I know. Errands. So many errands. Cleaning (laughs) and scrubbing. And I brushed my teeth in there. Oh, that's fun. Um, Yeah, no, it was good good times um it, it i i wanted to start by just asking you have you learned anything about yourself in uh, the time that we have been off since season three i have i have great news i am anxiety free
1: <laughs> this has been what's that smell <laughs> see you next season oh oh you and the laugh lines <laughs> well done uh have i really learned something about myself i think i miss this show That's sort of what I learned is I feel like something was missing in my life and I didn't know what it was. And now I feel it all rushing
0: back to me, which is very exciting. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. How about you? Very exciting. Uh, You know, I have it as always. I find the closer we get to recording this show, I discover how easy it is for me to get anxious about stuff. And I mean (laughs) fast. Yep. (laughs) Yep. As soon as I start thinking about it, I'm like, oh, well, I could get a horrific infectious disease from touching that mailbox. And (laughs) then it's in my head. And then I have to live with it for a few hours. And then I learned yesterday about a new thing I'm sure we'll be talking about, rejection-sensitive dysphoria. Do you know what this is? No. Do tell. Oh, Tom, this is what happens when you're rejected and you your mind does not know how to handle rejection and it causes you to go into deep depression. And I don't mean just like, hey, uh, you know, you're rejected because I'm, you know, divorcing you or something like significant like that. I mean, like, hey, your button down shirt, your buttons are off by one. So you look a little cockeyed. You might want to go to the bathroom and fix that. And that'll cause a depression for. 10 hours. What? Uh and yes, that's what that is. Rejection sensitive dysphoria. Learned about that when I was interviewing another guest for a different podcast and it has been stuck with me like a fishhook in my face. Wow. Discovering all of the the reasons I uh I am susceptible to this for, you know, conditions, it's crazy and it's
1: everywhere. I got to be honest, I am hearing about this, I am so glad I don't have that because I am the personification of a misbuttoned shirt. (laughs) I feel like I'm walking through life, (laughs) tripping over my own feet, literally and figuratively. So if I had that, oof, that would be rough. I would never come out of the bathroom. I'd just be
0: buttoning. Buttoning and buttoning. That's right. Yes. And it is so much more even than buttons. You might have like pepperoni on your face at any given moment and just not know about it. Right. Singing about dogs. Uh, Yeah. Saying goodnight.
1: I've got a whole,
0: <laughs> a whole
1: bag of nonsense. Oh, it's good to be back. <laughs> Welcome back to What's That Smell? A sometimes funny podcast about humans and their anxieties. I'm Tommy Metz III. And I'm Pete Wright. And every week we each drag out one of our deepest, darkest anxieties into the light to share it, learn about it, and hopefully laugh about it with all of you. Reach out again. We are still, of course, doing listener submissions all season long. So send us the story of your anxieties to something stinky at whatsthatsmell.net. I've embraced it. Something stinky at whatsthatsmell.net you sound great really i know yeah. can, can you hear me tensing up but i'm smiling through the pain just kidding yeah. i i love it Something I'm smiling stinky. with what's your that eyes <laughs> and with all of that i will go first pita as we gently ease into the new season i would like to take you on a time-honored what's that smell journey of guided meditation <gasps>
0: I stand in wild Yeah. Shall I take off my shoes? Can I take
1: off my shoes? absolutely put more shoes on. Okay, here we go. (laughs) So, take a deep breath. You're relaxed. Now imagine you're going down a long, long escalator. And you're heading down, 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 and you're relaxed. And now you're having trouble hearing me because someone in front of you is holding their cell phone in front of their face and screaming into it. And it's, of course, on speaker, so you can hear the garbled screaming of the other person on the line. And you're going down, and you're relaxed. And now There seems to be a logjam of people at the bottom of the escalator because one person got off the escalator and is just standing right there looking around blankly and now people are starting to bump into each other and you're relaxed and you don't quite know what to do so you say excuse me to the person in front of you and they seem startled that someone else exists and turns around and mouths the word I'm on the phone like you didn't know because they were already screaming at it and then they shake their head like I'm an idiot and surprise twist, this isn't really a guided meditation this is something that happened to me yesterday at Ralph's okay (laughs) I am not relaxed. No, for those that don't know, Ralph's (laughs) is your basic Kroger grocery store, and this happens a lot. Okay, so my anxiety this week is a weird one, Pete, and I'm hoping you can sort of help me traverse this. If it has a specific name, I couldn't really find it, other than that basic idea that hell is other people. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Let me walk you through it, and then I will open it up to you. It seems like more and more we are becoming a nation of people who stand in doorways, who gets to the bottom of a moving escalator and then pause forever while pondering a destination. People that park their sharpening carts in the exact middle of an aisle while staring at soup. We use our phones in public, like... like kids in the olden days used to use cans connected by string. We're just holding them in front of our faces and yelling into them, even though doing it that way doesn't seem to make anything easier. It seems like this is a lot of shopping, but it's not just shopping. It's all over the place. The basic connecting through line is that there seems to be a breakdown in thinking about other people. More and more, it seems like people are oblivious to those around them. I don't think it's necessarily narcissism, but more like there's this weird, invisible bubble around people. And I call it non-malicious incivility or non-malicious civility. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm about to open it up, but this might sound like frustration more than anxiety, right? You're probably uh-huh. like, huh, this just sounds like you're grumpy. But here's where the anxiety comes in. It's two parts. Number one. Am I just get off my lawning? (laughs) When the whole class fails, you have to take a hard look at the teacher, and I'm worried that I'm just getting older and crankier while the world stays the same. To wit, an Associated Press poll revealed that nearly 70% of those questions said people are ruder than they were 10 years ago, in part due to, quote, self-absorbed communication devices and demand for instant gratification. Here's the twist. That poll was taken in 2005. (laughs) Do you even remember 2005? <laughs> I don't even know if we had running water in 2005, but we were already like phones are the worst and people are the worst. So I'm worried wow. that I'm just sort of like getting older and darn these kids in. And so that's anxiety. And number two, if I'm put off by the actions of others so often, what are my blind spots? I already said I walk through life as an unbuttoned shirt. (laughs) I must be infuriating people daily. And I have no idea how. To my credit, I like to think of myself as a very polite person. I just I just realized recently when I asked Siri to set an alarm when I'm cooking, I always use the word please. Yes. No, that's good. She's a robot person. But I always do because I think it's just sort of ingrained in me to try to be as polite as possible. So that was a whole lot of words all in a row. And I just wanted to ask you. Do you experience this? Do you feel that people are getting ruder? Any kind of thoughts like that?
0: My experience is that yes, there is a a notable decline in just general empathy.
1: Mm, Empathy. Okay. Yes. That's a good word for it. Okay. Right. That's the basic idea of, like, experiencing the feelings of those around you.
0: Right, right. Just, like, being aware that there are people in front of you and behind you when you're engaging in this sort of public display of communication. And and right. that, what what is interesting about something you just said is that, uh, that uh, m- more and more people are holding their phone on speakerphone right in front of their mouth like it's a platter, like they're about to eat it, <laughs> yeah. and that's the that's the like way, and I see that i've been noticing it like on our path, I go and I walk the dog and I see that, and it tends to be. Older people who are doing that, screaming at their phone like it's a plate of dessert. Right. And then you said Why are you screaming at a plate of dessert? Why are you explaining why why are is there like sliced fruit on your right. phone? Uh and and then you said it's like they're they're screaming through cans in the olden days. Well, these were the people who were kids screaming oh, into the cans. <laughs> so,
1: so it's just you nostalgia. Just made you,
0: yes, it's nostalgia. That's an amazing yeah. connection that you made for me uh, apropos of nothing. Uh, right. I, I am noticing that myself and, uh, you know, airports, uh, you know, people waiting grabbing the waiting rooms, luggage off the luggage rack. You know, people are, are just who, who can get there first. And can I just pull hard enough to knock everybody else out of the way so I can fall right. out of the bus? Right. <laughs> like those kinds of things. Uh, and, and so but but I wonder how much of that is just me being right. generally anxious and frustrated all the time. And so I <laughs> notice that stuff. Maybe with a finer radar.
1: What do you mean, finer radar? Meaning you're a little bit more
0: sensitive to the idea of it might be you
1: as much as it is other people,
0: right? Yes, and I'm constantly reflecting others' actions off of my own interpretation. And so things that might frustrate me, I have to stop, take a step back, and say, wait a minute. Does everybody else care about this thing as much as I care about this thing? Do right. people look frustrated? Generally, you know, They're just staring at their phones like everybody else, and maybe they're screaming into them like it's a platter. Maybe they're not. But whatever it is, I, I usually find I'm the outlier, and that causes me like that self-reflective self-judgment. Uh and, right. and so I I get I get you know, there there's so many layers to this, Tom. There are layers upon They're layers really. of this anxiety onion. Right. Well, and because yeah. we are the kind of people that are blessed
1: slash cursed with self-reflection.
0: Yes. And so and well, I,
1: it, I like the idea that I kind of like having anxiety about it because I'm not just yelling at the world. Yeah. that's what makes it different than get off my lawning, as I ineloquently said, is at least I'm thinking is this even my lawn? <laughs>
0: it's not a, I don't know what any of that <laughs> I like to hope that, that that's true. But sometimes I look at just the way I kind of go through the world and maybe I'm, I worry because it's what I do that I'm just an awareness of this lack of empathy isn't making me any more empathetic. And, and mm. that troubles me. Right, that troubles me. The other, it was. I don't. Know, maybe I told you this. Have I told you this story? Uh, I was taking a walk with my wife and our dog, and we found well, on this. That's not the story. That's oh, not an O line. That was enough for me. Just wait. Fresh air. <laughs> so we're taking a walk, and it's been raining, and the streets are kind of thing. And we find a safe that is clearly it's like a kid's safe, you know, uh, safe. that has been oh, yeah. clearly broken and bent, and and mm. uh, like it had been stolen, and there were stickers and pictures and things all over strewn all over the sidewalk and i just walked over it it was kind of in front of a a house and i immediately said well they'll pick it up it's their house and my wife said "Uh uh-uh we're picking it up and we picked up every little bit of everything soggy pictures photos notes um you know uh blue ribbons from and uh, from boy scouts from years ago and mm. we took it home and we laid it all out like like we just found a uh, money in the river and we lined it <laughs> all up and we were like hair drying photos and things and really yes no i'm not kidding and we paced together an entire life of this person uh and discovered that this was a person who lived and, and grew up at it was roughly the same age, a little bit younger than we are. Grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado, where we grew up. Uh, all the photos were photos of this person at the Colorado Springs Zoo, where we grew up. Like it was an incredible parallel. And then we called the police, at the non emergency line, and we said, "Hey, we found this. It's it's just personal knickknacks. You know, it's probably not very important. You all have much better things to do. Don't don't even worry about it." Two hours later, a sheriff shows up at our house. And looks at some of the pictures and some of the blue ribbons written in a kid's name, like, uh, you know, I'm not going to say his name, but his name is written on these blue ribbons in like a 13-year-old handwriting. And she says, well, it's weird. There is a guy by this name like two blocks away. And so, do you mind if I give him your address, the sheriff says. And we said, sure. An hour goes by and this person comes to our door. This adult person and says, I cannot believe minute. that you did this. This is unbelievable. I, yes, I was in Colorado Springs. My family moved to Vancouver. Now I live here in the neighborhood. Somebody broke into my parents' truck. Oh, they found this, my childhood safe, and brought it to me as a gift. And I just hadn't gotten a chance to open it. I didn't even know what was in it. And you guys saved all of it. Now, that was not me. Like, I glommed on to my wife's natural sense of empathy. I would have left yeah. it washing away in the street. And I, I'm i honest, I could tell that story because I carry regret for not having that instinct. And I try, as a result of that experience, to focus on, you know, what I can do to sure. help other people in this weird way because it's not natural for me. I, I have to be conscious the sheriff of it. Came to you. Where do you I live? Can't Northern either. exposure. It's so, so weird, <laughs> right? Like, listen to that. I shout out to the Washington that's County Sheriff's Department. Incredible. They're amazing. Like they, they're just fantastic. They are so kind. That that is another example. Like this is a sheriff's department that doesn't like. What is it, Pleasantville? Do I live in Pleasant? Like they sure, don't have better right. things to do? I know. There, I hear sirens all the time. They have work to do. Well, because uh, there are and, safes all over the place. That's exactly probably what. They're, that's
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you you got hold of the collage police
0: yes i did (laughs) special scu oh scu see that's fun (laughs) you've done good work anyway do you see what i mean like that's something i carry around like this lack of it i want to be i i want to be a better person that makes me constantly think when i'm at the airport i need to go someplace away from people to take a phone call i I, need to opt to text instead of calling and i have weird
1: over empathy even for things that are probably a bad idea i'm not trying to out empathize you but i'm saying i can see right now from where i'm sitting there's a small stuffed animal and his name is trash dog that's mean because uh uh Well, no, because I found him in the trash. Oh, I was walking by a dumpster and someone had thrown away a partially burned um, stuffed animal of a black dog. And I took him home. He's probably filled with spiders, but this is a long time ago (laughs) because something about it was too heartbreaking to me. That's why I have trouble with movies like Toy Story. Yeah. Like if everything like if this book has a feeling, I have to like what sing to this book now. Come on. I have. Totally. Yes. Um. Well, that was a wonderful story, uh, and it kind of makes me feel bad to go back to the idea that everyone's the worst, but should I? That's Most of my research was sort of a little less you live in Pleasantville kind of a thing. But OK, uh,
0: well, let's just hang. Let's just uh, put a pin in that, that there is one person who is better than both of us. And that's my wife. That's and then wife. we can go back to, to the trash people that you want to talk about.
1: Right. As I'm stepping over people experiencing homelessness to rescue a dog, a stuffed dog out of a yeah. dumpster. Great. Right. Tommy, you really did your thing. Well, something that you got into the idea of it makes. You self-reflective and really thinking about yourself. That really connects with something that I found in um, the blog The Cut. This is from Carl Romm. He wrote that uh, the European Journal of Psychology in 2016 uh, interviewed a whole bunch of people and gave them examples of rude behavior. And some were in the first person as if they, the people, the survey takers, were the offender, and others in the third person, meaning they were victims of said rude behavior. And the difference between the perceived harm was huge, that if they were in the role of the person doing the sort of rude behavior, the incivility was found to seem uh, severely less serious, more due to the situation and really isn't hurting anyone. But, If there was a stranger doing it, it was really harmful. (laughs) The other person is the worst. Couldn't blame it on the situation. Basically, oh, and also that uh, if their situation was, uh, if the rude behavior was coming from their friends, that they were really less bothered by it. So to sum up, that was a lot of words again. But to sum up, the world isn't getting ruder. Our egos just make it seem that way. Strangers Uh. are ruder than friends and certainly ruder than we are. And as the world shrinks, we see more strangers than we used to, so we see more rudeness too. So he says it's not an erosion of civilization, it's just strict math. There's more of us, we're around each other, and we think strangers are the worst while we're doing great. That doesn't necessarily make me feel a ton better, but at least it that goes against the idea that everyone is getting worse, which I think is a little more scary.
0: I, I think any of the isms falls right into that definition, right? Sexism and racism, and yep. you know, I'm not a racist. Many of my fr- friends are black, right? That that's like, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm politicians are terrible unless you're a politician. You know what I right. mean? Like, um, yeah. that's not a crime because you know all of us think that it's okay, and that's what you have to do to be in politics, right? Those are those are the kinds of of like rationalizations that we internalize too easily, probably, and. We don't have enough role models anymore.
1: Well, that comes up if it is real there are two experts about this kind of thing that did talk about if it's real, part of it is they blame the parents. Of course. Without proper, of course, without proper guidance, each generation is destined to become ruder. Uh, This is by Suzanne M. Alexander, a relationship coach and marriage educator. Uh, She says that in current days, adults are so stressed trying to just keep up with daily life that they're more likely to be unintentionally rude. They're just too rushed to be polite. And when parents are stretched too thin, they don't take time or make time to teach their kids mm-hmm. uh and therefore the kids become jerks like the parents
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people like to blame parents. Well, and the, the problem is that then the th- while the parents are capable of better behavior, the kids then are not because they haven't been taught the better behavior. The parents right. like the excuse is, and I find this all the time. Like I'm just moving too quickly and I don't slow down to do something that I otherwise would, or I you know I don't always put a napkin on my lap when I eat, and therefore oh, m- my son ends up like w- licking the table when something <laughs> falls. <That's>, like. <laughs> That's one of those little bits of behavior. That that, is a slippery slope. It totally is. It is one of those things. I forgot like six years ago, I should have started this uh, zealous effort to put a napkin on my lap and use it on my face. And I didn't. And now I have a table licker.
1: Your house is just filled with wet tables
0: and children's safes. Right. Like you, how do you get out the door? I'm gunning for an HGTV special. <laughs> New segment, Tom. What? This year in anxiety. Put yourself back. The year is 944 CE. You're wandering the street, wondering if you should hit up that mod pizza for some hot pepperoni and pineapple, maybe with some happy jalapenos on top, and you think, ha, bloating. <laughs> now, now, let's say you're poor and wandering 10th century France. Sure, oh. the pizza might be exactly the same, Tom, but the grain you eat a lot of rye crust, Ew. which was a big grain back in the day. Okay. You might find yourself a touch anxious about a friendly little parasite that causes St. Anthony's fire, otherwise known oh. as ergotism. Wasn't that a movie? Oh, I think it was St. Elmo's fire. Okay, go ahead. St. Elmo's fire is very different. I can see a new horizon. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> This one starts with red spots all over your skin. And they begin innocently enough until they start to burn. At first, a little, and then a lot. And it burns so much, in fact, that you start to hallucinate, Tom. There are documented reports that those suffering from St. Anthony's fire believe they were in a fight with the devil. Oh, no. I know, right? Don't worry, it doesn't last. Because soon your extremities begin to rot and fall off. Toes, (laughs) feet, whole legs. No worries. Uh, It it wasn't just an isolated thing either. Uh, Reports indicate that in the year 944 CE, 40,000 people died Uh. from our friend St. Anthony's fire. You think Uh. you've got it, bad world?
1: (laughs) Jeez.
0: You know what's the worst? The past. god Uh, ain't that the truth and that's why i have our old friend audible back with us this show it's been a long time it's amazing a show is sponsored by audible and the book i want to recommend today oh tom you are going to love it okay it's called viruses plagues and history nope (laughs) nope (laughs) pass pass and pass (laughs) By Michael B.A. Oldstone, narrated by L.J. Ganser. It's 13 hours and 38 minutes. Listen to this. The story of viruses and humanity is a story of fear and ignorance, of grief and heartbreak, and of great bravery and sacrifice. Oldstone tells all of these stories as he illuminates the history of the devastating diseases that have tormented humanity, focusing mostly on the most famous viruses. Oh, Uh, boy. What a hit parade. Ha, <laughs> ha, I'm trying
1: to think of a joke involving Old Stone Creamery,
0: and I can't think of anything. <laughs> uh, no, I, this this is uh, this is a great it, it's a great learning opportunity. And I'll tell sure. you what, uh, listeners of this show, you can learn all you want about viruses, especially the famous ones, the A-listers, for free. So yes, if you're
1: interested in listening to 13 hours about the sniffles, please go to www.audibletrial.com slash scent of a podcast. Again, Audible has over one hundred thousand million titles to choose from for all of your squares go to audibletrial.com slash sent a podcast get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial and guess what you're helping the show as well
0: absolutely you are do you know last season was uh, the the costs of of the show subsidized by people who supported us on audible what do you think about that that's wonderful. Keep it, it up, is. you guys. Thanks, everybody. And no, I'm not stealing all the money. <laughs> <laughs> AudibleTrial.com slash podcast. Tommy. Hello. Are you a reunion guy? No.
1: Well, certain things. I know that my high school has had a bunch of reunions, and I've been to over none of them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Really um, counting the days,
1: yeah. cherished experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. They just keep coming and going. Uh, but the singing group that we were in in college recently had its what twentieth year reunion. Is that right? Twenty five.
0: Oh, was it twenty five? Was it twenty? What was happening twenty five years ago? Oh, I don't know. Let's see, I mm. know everyone was rude.
1: Um. Anyways, I went to that, so I've made a priority for certain reunions. But no, mostly uh, they give me a lot of anxiety. To be honest, the idea of going back to high school—I guess I justify it by saying I'm friends with the people that I still want to be friends with.
0: Ooh, I like that. So tell me, what gives you anxiety about it?
1: I don't know. Like I was sort of not myself yet in high school. I was a version of myself, but I think like sort of trying to—I like myself a lot better now, ironically—and I guess. <laughs> It would be sort of part performance art, part trying to show off.
0: I don't know what the point is. <laughs> Why do oh. people go to high school <laughs> this, is, this is good stuff. This is really hot. Okay. This is really hot. No, I think okay. you're going to like this. And th- I actually have a listener submission, Thomas. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and even better, it's a two-parter. Because this oh. one came in the first time. The original request came in after we had recorded our last episode of season three and then Mm -hmm. the listener addressed this issue and wrote me feedback so i actually know how it ends and it's great yeah oh oh, cool okay that so here we go i bring you first april the month the the person got it april says i just heard y'all for the first time on the adhd podcast Nice. Mm -hmm. And I was dying from laughing so hard. Love it. So I totally relate, and I can't wait to listen to your What's That Smell show now. Excellent. Can y'all address high school reunion anxiety? (laughs) Okay, great. I went great, to the tenure great, great. thinking, this is going to be wonderful to see everyone grown up and have all the wounds from the past, mean girls, my own mistakes, and all the silly pride during those years healed by the passage of time, but Whoa. nope. Got to the 10-year reunion, and all the insecurity came back to me like a freight train, and I've been re-recovering the past 10 years from that 10-year reunion experience. (laughs) Now it's time for the 20-year in a month, and I just don't think it's a good idea for me to go. Is it okay not to go? I want to make peace with that era of my life, but can I do that better by going or not going and just putting my behind in the past, as Pumbaa the Warthog would say? (laughs) Oh, April. Oh, April. April. Wow. Okay. Well, I guess Uh, you kind of know my feelings about it. (laughs) Well, and it turns out you and April are not alone. Reunions are traumatic for everyone in some way, shape, or form. It's just, it's an, an entire event that is full of triggers, right? Like, it's just...
1: Like the possibility of just a raw nerve. Yeah. Especially high school. For me, just because I did okay in high school, Socially, but I mean, I was so scared. The whole time, like I was just sort yeah. of like pretending. That's why I sort of meant like I wasn't really myself yet. I felt like I was sort of performing the whole time. So to go totally. back into that, I think I'd be worried that I would just become my old self.
0: I, you know, it's really funny that you you bring that up and especially the performative aspect of high school. And for, for me, I was literally performing like I was the, the right. drama club kid. And so I was in like every play. And if I ever had sort of downtime or quiet time, I wasn't hanging out with my friends. I would literally go sit in the dark theater and do theater things things like practice lines or just <laughs> recite stuff or sing or whatever by myself like that Ooh. was my experience and so even though i feel like i feel like i was known like i was recognized on uh, you know across our high school uh, it was because people would come and see me in plays like it never felt truly sort of authentic i had very few real deep friendships that transcended high school oh okay um, and so I feel like going back to this is why I don't go back to my high school reunions either. You don't either. I, uh, yeah, okay. no, I I, Got it. I don't have. A, I don't have a very good sense memory of that time. Like I was, I worked hard to escape mm. uh, so much of my experience there. I went to class. I did fairly well in class. And then I I was in the theater and I I wasn't into sports. I didn't go to sporting events like it was just that was my experience. And so it's pretty easy for me to say, sure, April, don't go. <laughs> but then I did a little research.
1: Yeah, because there's another side of this. Yes. Of if you have a psychic scar, do you want to try to scab that sucker up? I get it because, yeah, OK, keep going. I just wanted to say yes, I Already cosigned on what I haven't heard you say.
0: <laughs> well, ahead. let's just let's just say again. You just said, "Scab that sucker up." And gross. I, I have nothing to relate that to, other than, "Wow, Tom, really, scab that sucker up."
1: That's a Ugh. chapter from that book you recommended. It is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's chapter eight in Virus Time Magoo, right? Exactly. Uh, so, reunions are a marker of time. We all have a natural instinct to relive our best memories of our youth. These are our hero years, but uh, psychologist and professor Dr. Mary Lamia has oh, written extensively on the subject, and she says, quote, The inclination to relive the self-consciousness and vulnerability of youth Ooh, and the anxieties. consciousness and, and vulnerability. Yes, yes, it, yes. The anxieties it created about being good enough can lead you to examine your present view of yourself. At some level, you know the judge is in your own head, not in the minds of your former classmates. Perhaps instead of wondering what your former classmates will think of you and what you will think about them, you might ask yourself, how can I improve? How can I enjoy my life or feel accomplished? Maybe the question for some is simply, why am I still so self-critical or why am I so focused on the insecurities of others? And and what's funny about that is I read a number of wonderful essays by people who have and some who have not conquered the social anxiety of reunions, and they all share a number of common themes. People are, one, apologizing for not having done more with their lives. Ooh or two, attempting to redeem themselves from their former attitudes and beliefs. In one, I kid you not, she was voted most likely to marry Donald Trump in high school and was very (laughs) eager to clear up that at reunion. We used to think things. (laughs) We sure did so so what comes with that drive to relive our hero years is the dark side stuff too right like what what about the stuff you managed to hide away reunions are about connecting and uh, that connection can be really healthy it's what human beings really want and need and you may not even know Mm. that you you need it Uh, but in fact your hesitance to to go to the To the reunion might be the trigger itself that that should indicate that you need to because you'll sort
1: of be exercising a little bit, not exercising like a treadmill, but like the girl with her head spinning
0: around. Like, are you just sort of like letting sunlight in? Yes. And so many deeply traumatic uh, essays that I've been reading about people's experience with reunions, the general tone and the, the sort of narrative arc ends favoring the positive. That the experience oh. ended up being not as traumatic as they expected, that in fact the connection was of greater value, That uh, and, and I would say in particular those talking about their college reunions, they had a, sure. a much more sort of stability that came out of it. Sure, right? well, that's and, when a yeah. lot of people become... Yes, their true selves is in college versus high school. Well, and that's that's it. I mean, those who uh, those who are talking about high school gen- generally are referring to reunions as as an opportunity to redeem themselves or to clarify their identity in some way, shape or form. Huh. And college right. reunions are about maintaining some sort of a a, a deeper connection. Right. That's um, a neat comparison. Yeah, yeah makes I thought sense. that was I thought that was fascinating. And and so, you know, uh, Glenn Reeder is a professor of social psychology at In Illinois Ukraine. State University, and he co-authored a study on exactly this stuff and uh, two two findings that weren't terribly surprising. Most important factor in a decision to go back to to a reunion is the memory of high school, college, etc. Those who had a good time in school generally favored going back. And Mm -hmm. when there's a disconnect between the high school experience and the post-school experience, there is conflict in desire to go back. You were great in high school, but work at a job that you feel like you have to justify to those who expected more from you, Sure, you likely won't run return, right? The the, uh, captain of the football team um, who ends up, like, that. what's a stereotype. Ends up selling used cars, never left town, right? Those who peaked in high school are generally aware of that perception and that causes them trouble. Yeah, Yeah. So, you know, all of that is very interesting, but I thought I would share just a little bit from a, a resource that popped up in my research that surprised me, and that is that of Cindy Clamp. Oh! Cindy Clamp is a president of an association that I didn't know existed, a trade group For professional reunion organizers. Oh, wow. That's right. NARM, the National (laughs) Association of Reunion Managers.
1: That sounds like it's just made of the people that edited the yearbook (laughs) across America.
0: (laughs) Well, okay. Probably right, number one. Yeah. But love that she posted this. She describes in this following list how things change Mm. over the decades from your graduation. All right. Your 10th reunion. It is the least well attended and the most pretentious, she says. Many people (laughs) focused on how they look, what kind of car they drive and what their date looks like. So because you're just showing off, you're like, look, I made it and I'm alive. And I didn't peak and whatever. Got it. Yes. And since most people are in the same general place in life, many are measuring themselves against their classmates. And because they are still relatively so close to graduation, the memories of the people you want to show off to are very clear, right? Mm. So you graduated just 10 years ago. That's nothing. That's a breath. right? And so you still want to go back and say, hey, Johnny, look at my Nissan you know but you did say that it's the least attended is it that is the because least attended right my
1: my guess for that is that you're waiting until you have even more to shine
0: right and then you learn some lessons and that brings us to the 20th Uh, reunion. With more perspective and life experiences under their belts, classmates care much less about superficial success and are more earnestly curious about how people are doing in their families and careers. The 20-year is the most well attended and a time when people's paths start to diversify. There's something very comforting about that. I think so, too. And, And that's the thing. You see this as the peak, and it's the peak for, I guess, some kind of dark reasons. The 30th gets more interesting because people's lives are all over the board with divorces and career changes and kids of all ages and classmates show uh, greater confidence and fewer spouses and guests come along because people don't feel like they need someone by their side. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting, Uh, interesting. Okay. 40th reunion. As retirement nears, people's lives start to resemble each other's once again. There's less drinking, more talking, conversations focusing on remember when. People find value in being around others they knew when they were younger because it makes them feel younger in the present. I like that. That's sweet. That's really nice. Sure. And then, of course, uh, the 50th, the golden reunion, the second most well attended. Really? Really? Right. Assuming everyone's still alive. <laughs> here we go. You just said it. There is a sense that this could be the last time you see these people. Ah!
1: Mortality! Yep. Nailed Eesh. it. Plus, yeah. people
0: go because they are able to attend. Like the yeah. 40th, nostalgia is strong. Beyond the 50th? Yeah. I don't want to start on oh, I was on just going to say,
1: or their brains have gotten a little scrambled and they think they're back <laughs> in high school. <laughs>
0: That's right. More letter jackets uh, right. beyond the 50th or much smaller reunions. And those who do attend are really just glad to be able to be there. <laughs> just Fair enough. relieved that they are still around sure to go to the reunion so that's a that is a review of reunions again from cindy clamp president of the national association for reunion managers and uh i think that's that's a I fascinating love having that insight on it yeah
1: because i'm realizing as we're talking about this more and more i don't really i mean you started asking me do you go i started sweating and i just started laughing and saying why does anyone ever go to these but i don't even really know what i've been afraid of yeah, like I've never actually visualized the experience. It was just no, too raw, yeah. not yeah. worth it. But yeah, I mean that brings up a lot of good things, especially with the later, the ten. I still think is a bad idea. But after that,
0: yeah, I get it. I get <laughs> I the I get think is uh, a bad idea. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I have convinced you of nothing. Um The. It's it's interesting, and and I think that you know none of this is to say that you know whether you should or should not go. I don't go to my high school reunions, and and even knowing this, I'm not planning on going to my, you know, uh, I don't know what's next thirtieth. What's that wood? 90, that's my thirtieth is in okay. Ugh, coming too soon. Oh God. <laughs> ugh anyhow i'm not planning on going and it's not because uh it's not necessarily because of a deep-seated fear of of lack of accomplishment that that's what i was feeling in uh you know i'm sure for the 10th and Mm -hmm. and maybe even a little bit under the 20th but now i i i am established in life and i am more comfortable in my identity even though i i live with anxiety like i don't feel like a, a, a great fear of that but i just don't have those connections with, with people in high school. But like you said, I do go to our, our, uh, college group reunions, right? Mm-hmm. That those are important to me because those connections are very, very deep. And so for me to say, I'm not a reunion guy is disingenuous. I'm very much a reunion guy. It's yeah. just, but it's, it's so much more about the people who you know, and not the, the necessarily the, the school year, right? Uh, which I didn't have a real connection to. Uh, there there was one little caveat there uh, that I, I ask as sort of a bonus question. Is Facebook killing the reunion? What do you think? Oh,
1: right. Facebook.
0: Again. Yes. No. Yes. That's exactly how it shakes out, it turns out. Okay. Uh, th- for the younger generations, 10th, 20th, why would you go to your reunion right? when you know you, everything about all your peers? I know what they wore for Halloween, for goodness That's sake. Right. That's right. But the older generations, uh, older parents, grandparents are finding each other on Facebook Uh, once again, organizing and planning for uh, the face-to-face reunions more aggressively than ever before. Uh, They are connecting, driving interest in reunions, uh, and that is accelerating. Fascinating. All right. So I have some follow-up. What? Thankfully, April delightfully followed up uh, oh, that's right. a little while ago and she wrote to me she said i cannot wait for your podcast to come back it is seriously the best of all time what april, april. what are you me in a wig this is great <laughs> i don't know <laughs> she says spoiler alert i didn't go to the reunion oh, i don't okay i don't at all regret not going hooray But here's the really good part. A few people actually messaged me and asked why. And I said some really awkward stuff in response. Like, I just have PTSD from high school and I don't know why. Mm. Or, it was just hard because I'm not good at sports or cheerleading, so now I'm sending my kids to magnets that don't have those things. I am. Three, (laughs) I felt like an imposter in high school and everything except choir, theater, and AP English.
1: Oh, now it's you in a (laughs) wig.
0: Four? (laughs) I said, I'm just not good at partying. Like, it really stresses me out, and I would rather be reading a book, especially one on Audible. You don't read on Audible. <laughs> <laughs> April, you are amazing. I I've, Thank you so much, April. Yes, I learned some some things just talking about this and thinking through it and reading a whole bunch of experiences of reunions. And I deeply appreciate the opportunity to do so prodded by your question. And I'm so glad that you followed up. Uh, and, yeah, you don't regret not going. Uh, that's, it, yeah. yeah. I'm pro-reunion just... pro choice.
1: That's April, me. You you scabbed that sucker up
0: congratulations (laughs) you really scabbed it up
1: (laughs) thank you all so much for joining us for this what's that smell reunion we really appreciate it today's tune is mind play by rosa coming up next week how so sad it's just the sound of yeah. crickets. Crickets shushing
0: each other, because even they don't want to be a part of it. Loneliness debating? Is that a thing? It is now. <laughs> you look like a real asshole. <laughs> That's his official opinion. You say Until then,
1: I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Tommy Metz the third. Thank you so much for downloading. We will be back next week on What's That Smell. Said you have to go but now you couldn't stay. Couldn't stay. Cuz you're chasing the hurricane. Take you